And one thing that I got super clear on when I started this business was, how do I need my business to support me? How do I need this experience to go for me? And what are my boundaries? Happy Friday, everybody. The clip you just heard is from our guest today, Jenna Boyko. I am super excited to jump into it. This is episode 144 of Poolside Podcast, and I am your host, Rachel Anthony, as always. Jenna Boyko is a business coach and author, and she is a powerful guide for anyone walking in the entrepreneurial path. She teaches aspiring entrepreneurs how to approach business in ways that are both mindful and strategic and proves that it's possible to create a vibrant, prosperous relationship with work that feels most compelling to us. Her coaching practice, all of her business, is dedicated to holistically supporting women in their transformation from employee to entrepreneur. In this episode, we dive into questions and prompts from her recently released Bedside Business Plan Journal. Jenna shares the evolution of her business over the last two years and how rewarding the journey of creating this journal has been amidst a stressful and busy year, which we can all obviously relate to. We talk about ways aspiring and current entrepreneurs can create a conscious business that supports you, your mental health and overall well-being while still being financially successful. I found this chat extremely helpful and I also just wanted to make it like a personal business coaching session because I am the opposite of having boundaries and a conscious business. So I'm working really hard to create that space for myself in the new year. So everybody stay tuned for that. She also gives us advice on how to set the boundaries and create an intentional morning routine that sets you up for success. Jenna gives us a look into what the business or the bedside business plan journal looks like and the process you can expect to go through. I love Jana. She's been on the podcast before, as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode. Um, I mean, the interview, which you will hear, but we have been friends for like five or six years now and she's always amazing she always has great advice and she's just very like calm and peaceful the way she talks and she just makes me feel like I need to get my shit together (laughs) in like a good way but I also was inspired by her new journal that she launched I actually ordered two of them one for myself and one for a friend that I know wants to start a business so hopefully you enjoy this episode and let's just jump into it here is Jana. Welcome back to Poolside Podcast. I'm sitting here virtually with Jana. Thanks so much for joining me again. Thank you for having me again. It's such a pleasure to be here. We chatted back. I was looking back and we had our last interview in September of 2019, which is basically a lifetime ago because mm-hmm. that was pre-pandemic. So I can't even remember what that life was like. So that's insane. <laughs> Different decade. It, it just, really is. Yeah. 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 And so for people who didn't listen to it, it's episode 78. If you want to go, if you're listening and want to go back to it, but for the people who didn't listen to it yet, um, do you want to just give a brief rundown on who you are and what you do? Yeah, for sure. So I am a business coach and consultant, but I like to say that I'm a conscious business coach in that I work with a lot of women in particular and support them in their transformation from employee to entrepreneur. And I really just help new entrepreneurs approach business in a way that is holistic and mindful and strategic at the same time. And I really believe that it's through conscious entrepreneurship that we can create real change in the world and also real change in our own lives and how we relate 
relate to our work and how we connect to the work that we do. Um, so that's a little bit about me. And then I'm also a new author, just launched a uh, guided journal for aspiring entrepreneurs to help them write their business plans. So that's been a lot of fun and very exciting to see my work evolve in these really unique ways. Like it's not totally what I thought I would be doing at this point, but it's funny how you get on this entrepreneurial path and you just sort of go where you feel compelled to go. So that's been a little bit about my journey. And to be honest, I've really loved every minute of it, even the the hard stuff or the crunchy moments, it's all been really worth it. Yeah. It's definitely part of the experience. And I'm sure having your like book come out really, I don't, did you call it a book or like a journal? Okay, so what's the official name? This question because for a long time we were we were referring to it as both a book and a guided journal interchangeably. So technically it is a guided journal in that it's over a hundred questions and prompts to help someone write a business plan and they'll write out their answers. Um, but it's still quite comprehensive in nature and there's you know a lot of tips and guidance along the way. So it really feels like a mix of both, but we'll call it a journal uh, officially. <laughs> But I'm sure it feels really good to have something fully come to fruition. I feel like, especially as an entrepreneur, you always have like a billion ideas that kind of like half-ass get done or you have more ideas and you are like jumping all over the place. So I'm sure it's nice to have like an actual physical thing that you've completed like from beginning to end. It is really nice. I've always wanted to create a physical product, but I just hadn't found the right thing yet. And it's funny because the idea for bedside business plan for this journal was really baking in my mind for many months before it even became concrete and before it became something I could put words behind. So it's been really interesting to watch the evolution of this idea, because like you said, sometimes we have ideas or hits or we want to do certain things, but it doesn't make sense to pursue them. So it's interesting that this was sort of the right idea, the right time, you know, and it just really came to life. And do you want to take us through kind of what the evolution of your business has been since the last time we talked? And I mean, basically the timeline is the pandemic and kind of how that impacted your business and your mindset and then how you've evolved since then, including this journal. That's such a great question. Um, And so happy to share sort of, yeah, what things have looked like over the last couple of of years here. So um, when the pandemic hit, I was running my business, all of her business, which is a holistic coaching practice for women who want to become entrepreneurs. And it was interesting because early in the pandemic was actually when I had this whole new influx of of clients come to me saying, you know, they'd either been laid off or they were just working part-time or the pandemic had made them realize like, I really need to make a change here because I'm super burnt out. I don't know how much longer I can do my career. And I have this idea and I want to start a business. So it was interesting that there was sort of this wave of new clients that came in during the pandemic. And it was really neat just supporting women in these holistic ways throughout this pandemic experience, because it was emotional, it was mental, it was really taxing to move through at times. So So that was a really, again, just beautiful experience with these women. Um, So continued coaching, continued working with women. And then it was in like October, November of last year. So 2020, that was when this like idea for bedside business plan really clicked in my mind because especially throughout the pandemic, like I would have a lot of new clients coming to me saying, you know, I want to start a business, but I just don't know where to start. 
And the idea of writing a business plan feels super intimidating and scary. And so I I had that little insight in the back of my mind, like, okay, people are kind of intimidated by starting a business. And on top of that, when I would work with clients, I would have them keep a journal throughout our coaching experience, which many of my clients to this day refer to that journal as their business Bible or as their business plan. So I was like, okay, what if I could create a way for someone to journal their business plan and have it feel really warm and intuitive and inspiring. And so it was last November when actually my brother and I were in a coffee shop together. We were at Vendome for anyone who is familiar with the Calgary coffee scene. And, um, I told him about this idea I had, you know, it was really scrappy. It was really, um, sort of jumbled up, but I made it into words and I told him about it and he loved it. And in that moment, we were both sort of like, I think we have something here. Like, I think this could be a really interesting thing to bring to life. So over the last year, I've basically written the journal myself, written it in its entirety, which is, which is a really big undertaking and something really big to put together because again, I wanted it to be really comprehensive and have that rigor of a business plan, but also just be so warm and inviting that you would like love picking it up off your bedside table and writing in it before you went to sleep at night. Um, So that was really the idea for this business. And again, over the past year, just worked a lot on it, spent a lot of hours building it out. And it was nice because I could really be the creative visionary and, you know, marketer for the book or the journal. I should say we're calling (laughs) it a journal now officially. And my brother really handled a lot of the finance and operations and backend type things. So we just have this really awesome sibling relationship that's turned into a great business partnership. So, so yeah, that's been this past year. And like, I also want to say too, like everyone else, I have also had my own personal struggles, you know, this past year, it's been definitely rocky, like at times with my emotional health, as I'm sure everyone can, can relate, but it's like, you know, it hasn't always been this beautiful experience of, you know, being really busy with clients and work, which has been great, but it's also had its tough moments. So it was really nice to have bedside business plan and be working on something where I could pour my energy into it, even if I wasn't feeling that great some days. So it was really a labor of love and it's exciting to be bringing it to the world now. Yeah, definitely. And just from, I mean, kind of a personal selfish question for something like that, because I feel like for business owners, um, you, like you said, you're busy with clients, you're already busy, like running a business. So how did you break up your day or find time to then work on a new project? Because again, I feel like business owners always have more ideas and things they want to bring to their business or side hustles that they want to come to life, but then just don't feel like they have the time to even do that. So the fact that you were able to put all this together with just like a, what is that? Like less than a year. Um, Mm -hmm. so how did you like structure your day and get through that to make sure you had time and weren't like just not sleeping? (laughs) Ooh, I really love this question. This is a beautiful question. I'm so excited to answer because first of all, I want to say that with my coaching and my consulting practice, I designed that incredibly mindfully from the beginning. And one thing that I got super clear on when I started this business was how do I need my business to support me? How do I need this experience to go for me? And what are my boundaries? So when it comes to my coaching and consulting, I'm really clear in terms of when I work with clients, when they can contact me, when I support them, and then when I don't. So it's really powerful, I think, to have clear parameters in terms of when you're 
working and dedicating yourself to, to work and then also resting and rejuvenating and filling up your bucket again. So to give people sort of an example of how my days and weeks go, I actually don't take any client calls on Mondays or Friday afternoons. So that is my time to either, you know, prepare for the week or wrap up the week or just literally take time off. Like there are Mondays when I will just go play hooky, I'll drive out to the mountains. And it's funny because I find that it's in those moments of rest and relaxation or fun, like when I'm having fun, that's when the next idea comes to me, or that's when I get re-inspired. And so being really mindful with my schedule was super important. And then also from the beginning, I was really clear in terms of my break-even points, let's call them. So I was really clear in terms of the amount of revenue that I needed to make as an entrepreneur and the amount of revenue my business needed to make in order to sustain itself and in order to grow. And then I actually built my coaching programming and my pricing around around that. So I take on a certain number of clients at a certain level of investment every year. And that enables me to support myself, um, given again, the type of schedule and life that I wanted to create for myself. So boundaries in that respect were super, super important. And one other thing that I'll say too, is even with bedside business plan, it's really interesting because I feel like I really found my creative rhythm with this project where it was like, I could tell moments where I felt really energized and inspired. And I would create the space for myself to sit down and work on the journal. Most of the time that would be during the week. Like I'm pretty, um, pretty strict in terms of only working like Mondays to Fridays, but sometimes on the weekends, I would just feel so creative and energized that I would allow myself to sit down and work on it. And then there would be days and times where I just, wasn't feeling as connected to the work or like things weren't flowing. And so I didn't force myself to sit down and work in those moments. And I also say this being mindful of the fact that it's hard if you have deadlines, sometimes you just have to sit down and work and get things done. But it was nice with this creative process because I could really tap into my creative surges and creative waves and not try to force or control things if it just wasn't flowing in that moment. Right. No, I love that. I think boundaries are so important for for everybody. And then I feel like having something like a journal to put into your either a daily routine or a weekly routine to then take that time for yourself or for your business, then to sit down and have your brain go somewhere else. That's not just on your to-do list or other work obligations. Yeah, exactly. Hit the nail on the head. Yeah, exactly. And so Um, You had mentioned it briefly that people obviously get intimidated when starting a business because it's a huge like undertaking if you just look at it from the outside. And so what is your advice? And you feel free to use some of your prompts from your journal, obviously, as examples. But what advice do you give to aspiring entrepreneurs to get started or bring their ideas to paper? So the thing that I always tell literally every single new entrepreneur is to start your business by starting with yourself, because I have seen so many people, um, not my own clients, because that's not how we build businesses around here, but I've seen so many entrepreneurs. I'm sure you've seen it too, where they just start building these companies and running with them. And they are so burnt out working way too many hours that it just becomes completely unsustainable. So I always tell people like we've been talking about so far how important it is to get really, really clear on what your needs are from the beginning. So what are your needs financially? What is that minimum amount of revenue you need every month, every year, et cetera, in order to feel financially sustained, 
right? Because I think, again, that's something we often underestimate too. We're starting businesses and we're burning out financially and that can be really, really taxing. And also getting clear on what do you need in terms of spaciousness in your calendar and what does self-care and sustainable work look and feel like for you in the context of your business? That's something really important to consider as well. And then I often ask people too, when they're first starting out to even take a piece of paper and draw a line down the center and on one side, write things I'm saying yes to, and on the other side, things I'm saying no to. And that can be anything from, um, again, the number of hours you work to the type of clients you take on, the type of projects you take on, the type of services you offer. So I think getting really clear on those distinctions and those boundaries can just be so incredibly valuable um, in the beginning. And it's awesome because in Bedside Business Plan, that's literally the first section of the journal is let's start with you. And it was cool because I felt like I could kind of break the rules in terms of what it meant to write a business plan and make it more holistic. And on that note, I think that's also something that I would say to new entrepreneurs is don't be afraid to break the rules. Like you're here to do something different. So let yourself do something different. And it's interesting because like give you a little story here. Um, There's this beautiful client I've actually been working with for the last two years now. And when she first came to me, she's like, you know, I just don't know if I have the right personality to be a CEO. Like I'm a little bit more quiet. I'm a little bit more reserved. I'm really thoughtful about things. And the reality is she has all of the perfect qualities to be a CEO. And she's an incredible leader in her business now and and has always been. But oftentimes I think we start to think, oh, well, a CEO has to look like this, or I have to be this kind of person to run a business. And the reality is, I think as an entrepreneur, you get to really tap into your own strengths and your own unique way of leading and working and let that guide you forward. Right. And then I feel like if you're able to especially write it down. I always find that if you actually write something down, it's a good way to either work out your thoughts or then have a record of what you said. Cause even before, when you said, um, deciding what you want or saying yes to, or what you're going to say no to, I feel like, especially I'll use myself as an example, because I don't have a business plan and I have nothing of that written down, mm-hmm. but you make mental notes where you're like, I don't want to do this again, or I don't want to work with someone like this again, or I need to do this next time. And then you just make a mental note that obviously you forget about the next time it comes around. And then you make the same, not necessarily mistake, but you're back at what you probably would have not agreed to if you would have wrote it down and made an actual plan that's like a promise to yourself, I guess, is kind of what the journal is like in an actual like book form, as opposed to just being like, oh, I'll remember next time. Or yeah, definitely. I'll just keep this in my mind. I love that you said that. And I think, like you said, it's so important to keep track of our lessons and our promises to ourselves in business, because how often do we say yes when we really want to say no? And you can feel it on a cellular level when you're like, (laughs) isn't feeling so right. I'm going to do it. Yeah. And they'll pay me or like, yeah, there's good money there. Or like, "Mm, sounds okay. Even though something's sort of telling me it might not be. And so I think starting to really tap into those nuances and get discerning in terms of what is in alignment for you and what feels good for you and what doesn't can be so supportive in your entrepreneurial journey. Yeah, definitely. And so once people kind of like walk us through the rest or not the rest of the journal, but like the next step of it. So you kind of look at yourself and then, and then what is the next step or kind of the next set of questions that people are to answer? 
That's a great question. So once people have, you know, answered the questions around starting with themselves, with their boundaries, what success is going to look and feel like for them, those sorts of things, they then move into a section which is called craft your vision. And this is a really powerful exercise that I do with my own clients. And it's awesome that I've been able to bake it into the journal in this way. But basically what I have someone do is really envision themselves as if they've already experienced the success they're desiring. So I actually say like, imagine yourself in that dream office with this beautiful team that you've hired. Um, imagine yourself in that co-working space, working with awesome entrepreneurs around you. And I think there's probably like eight or nine questions that people go through, which ask everything from, you know, okay, so you're now in this place where you're totally successful doing what you love. You walk into your office in the morning what's going on around you? Um, you know, how do you start your day? How do you put your work to bed at the end of the day? And so I have people answer these questions. And then at the end, I have them actually go back and highlight specific words and phrases that resonate most with them. And then they actually craft a vision statement because as a new entrepreneur, it's so important to spend time in the energy of your business and in the energy of what you want it to become. So that's a really powerful next section of the journal. And then from there, it gets into a lot more of the practical business components. So, so we guide people through, um, you know, what is it that you're creating? What is your product or service all about? What is your brand and business identity look like? What is your marketing plan? Um, we get into business modeling and the financial piece, setting up your business, your operations. And then at the end, there's also a plan that guides people through their next 30 days. So once you finish the journal, how are you going to keep moving forward from there? So again, really comprehensive and a nice balance between the um, practical and strategic, but also that really mindful intuitive piece, which I think is so important in business and people often underestimate how important it actually is. Yeah, definitely. And to give an example for from your side of the business, how do you incorporate that mindset aspect? I know you talked about boundaries and having a really mm -hmm. clear schedule. Is there anything else that you incorporate into your daily routine? Or like you said, at night when you're done working, um, that you've put together based basically on these prompts that you've put together in this journal? Yeah. So it's funny because in, in my work as an entrepreneur and with my coaching practice, it's all completely rooted in nourishment. And I have a sort of a funny story to share. It's hilarious because there was a couple of years ago where I was in this like business mastermind coaching program. And one of these like pretty highly sought after business coaches took a look at my website. And on my website, I talk about creating a nourishing or creating a business that nourishes you. And this business coach was like, you need to get rid of the word nourishment because I think you're talking about food and you're a business coach. So that word should not be on your website. And I mean, fair enough. Like there might be a little bit of confusion around there, but it's like, that's actually the, the DNA of the work that I do. That's the DNA of my business. So I couldn't abandon that name because it's so, or that word, because it's so fundamental to what I do. And so that word is obviously stuck. It's still on my website now, <laughs> which is great. Um, but really it's like, for me, my non-negotiable with my business is that I don't burn out and that I feel nourished. So on a daily basis, what this looks like, for example, is I typically don't take any client calls before 9am because I like to have between 7am 
to 9am to take care of myself. So I'll often wake up and sometimes I just sleep in because I need more sleep, but I'll often um, get out of bed. I drink like two massive glasses of lukewarm water to just get things moving through my body. I will go and do some yoga and some morning stretching. I'll often read a book or do some journaling. And I really just give myself that time and space to get grounded. And I should also mention, I'm like the matcha queen over here. So I'll make myself (laughs) a matcha latte in the morning. So I really just take care of myself before I start my day. And it's interesting because I actually used to have clients that would book in with me as early as 7am, 8am, because I'm such a morning person, but again, you can evolve your, um, boundaries in your business over time. So I was like, no, I actually need that time in the morning to really ground myself. So that's a really important time of day for me. And then I'm also really intentional about feeding myself really, really well throughout the day. Like if I'm not well fed, I mean, I just, I can't perform at the level that I want to perform at or show, I should say, I I can't show up at the level I want to show up at for my clients and for anyone else who I work with. So for me, you know, having really wholesome meals and buying organic food, something that's really important to me. And again, for a while, I used to sort of go to different grocery stores and I'd buy whatever, but recently this year actually was when I was like, no, I want to only be buying organic food. And so again, it was like my business has to operate at a certain level for me to be able to nourish myself in this way. And food has always been something that's just been super important to me um, as a person throughout my life. So it's become a priority. So, so yeah, feeding myself is super important. And then I'm pretty diligent as well about tucking my work into bed at the end of every day. So typically won't work past it all depends. Like sometimes I'm wrapped up around three or four and I'm out for a walk. Sometimes a bit later, five or six, like these last couple of weeks of launching bedside business plan, like there's been some evening work involved, (laughs) of course, but I'm still really mindful of like, okay, when am I starting to feel a little too tuckered out from this work? Like when are my energy levels like really starting to deplete? And then I'm really diligent and just removing myself from my work, going for a walk, decompressing. Um, you know, sometimes if I've even had a hard day, like I'll just go for a drive and I'll like literally talk the day through with myself. I'm like, Oh, that was really frustrating. Or here's what I wish I would have done. Or Oh, that really pissed me off. And I give myself time and space to express and again, move energy either vocally or by walking. I I know this might sound kind of geriatric, but I'm such a walker. (laughs) Like literally whenever anyone asks me, like, especially if I go on, on a date, like, Oh, what sports and activities do you do? It's like, I don't know. I'm a walker. Like I just love to be walking outside by the river and like some Pilates and yoga and meditation, but walking is like my thing. (laughs) (laughs) No, I understand. I have a dog. And so whenever I need to same thing, get out of my work and I feel overly stressed. I go for a walk and I just make myself walk long enough that you, cause you feel stressed and it takes like 10 minutes or 15 minutes to let it go. So I'm just like walk far enough that you forget why you were stressed in the first place. Walking is magical. People who don't walk. I mean, I probably wouldn't walk if I didn't have a dog. So I'm just always going to have to have a dog, but it's great to get outside. Even if it's cold, I feel like the fresh air is even a quicker way to get yourself like refreshed basically. (laughs) Totally. And it's like just even, even taking some time to breathe and move your, move our bodies. Like we don't realize how fundamental that is and how like far away from those fundamentals we've, we've gotten over the, over the years or like, you know, in this place and time in the world. So I think that's just so essential. And even, even I love going outside just to purely 
like look at the trees and look at the sky and look at the sun setting. Because I think when you do things like that, you realize how expansive and abundant the world truly is, you know? Definitely. No, I completely agree. And I make it a point to not, I used to listen to podcasts and other things while I was walking. And I've now made a point to just have it silent and like not have my phone. So same thing. So you actually like look at the trees or I'm like just watching my dog, like Mm -hmm. live his best life outside, you know, and, and do something other than like, keep your brain going too fast. Totally. Yeah. I know. It's funny. My, my brother, he's been just pretty busy with a lot of things in, in recent months. And I keep telling him, I'm like, you know, Brad, sit, sit on that meditation matter, matter, that yoga matter, sit on that pillow and just like put your hand on your heart and, you know, breathe in and out. And I think he's like slowly warming up for the idea, but (laughs) even just again, like removing ourselves out of our work environments and just like really pausing and breathing, even if it's five minutes that you have, it all counts. I think sometimes we can tell ourselves like, Oh, it's not a very long walk or, Oh, I only have five minutes. Um, but there's a lot that can happen in, in those five minutes, a lot of recalibration. So I think it's important. Definitely. No, I agree. And for people, so for example, for like myself or someone who already has a business, would they benefit also from this journal? Is there a way to incorporate it into a business that's already been established or is it really for people who are starting a business? Okay. I would definitely say both. Like it's of course really good if you're just starting and it's meant to take you from idea to plan to reality. However, I find with a lot of entrepreneurs who have businesses up and running, they've, you know, built them over time and, and writing a business plan hasn't always felt like the most compelling thing to do. So I think it can be really supportive for even people who are one, two, three, four, or even five years into business to just get back in touch with those fundamentals of their business. And this book is really great journal. Here I go again. This (laughs) journal is really great because, um, there's so many different questions and prompts that really get you brainstorming. So for example, you could have been running your business certainly for three years and then it's like, there's actually totally another new form of revenue or like a new stream of revenue that you can create that you haven't thought of yet. Maybe there's a new product you want to launch. Maybe there's a way in which you want to take your business to the next level in which bedside business plan would be really supportive for. So it's nice because you can use it at any point in that entrepreneurial journey, especially if you're more seasoned and you want to get back down to your foundation or you want to pivot or grow or evolve in some way. Right. No, that's great. Cause I was like, I should get this. I was going to call it a book, this journal. Um, but then I was like, well, can I even really do it? But then at the same time, I also don't have a business plan. So it'd probably be worth taking the time. Like we've talked about to actually write these things down and really think about what your business is and what you're trying to do with it. Because I feel like it's almost even not worse. That's not the word, but worse as a business owner, that's been running it for like three to five years, because you're so caught up in everything that you've even probably forgot what you've intentionally set out at the beginning of your business. And now you're just Mm -hmm. in the business. And for me, which I'm sure there's a lot of people listening, I never make the time to then reflect on the business because it's just like, Mm -hmm. go, go, go. And how do you keep going without slowing down? So I feel like I will definitely be buying this journal so that I can make a plan, especially as we go into the new year. Obviously, it's very good timing for everybody. Yeah. And I think that what you've said is so important because it's really a powerful opportunity to pause and get back into integrity with your business. Like, what is that vision? Has that changed? What are your values? Are you actually running your business in alignment with those values? So there's, I think a lot, again, that can be 
um, like looked at in terms of those foundational pieces or like things that you can revisit um, that can actually, again, be really supportive in you creating and for anyone, like creating a business that's really going to serve them and, um, you know, expand into what what it's meant to become. Because sometimes our businesses can go a bit off-roading or they're kind of going in a direction that isn't feeling quite right. So just nice to get things back on track. Definitely. And for people on that same vein, for people that have businesses or are entrepreneurs, um, what are some of the ways that they can change their, again, their daily routine or something in how they're living their life and running their business right now that will help make it more of a conscious, well-rounded business? If they feel like they're overwhelmed or they feel like they're burning out, what can they do to really take a step back without stopping the business, obviously. Mm -hmm. But what advice would you give them that are, you're running your business, it's overwhelming, especially as we come to the end of the year. And how do you recommend to make it more of a conscious business that you can sustain then moving forward? So I think you've got to get really honest with yourself and you've got to ask yourself what's not working. And I think for a lot of people, it, I don't even know how to describe this. It's almost like we put up this like resistance or we put up these walls before we actually even look at solving the problem. So it's like, we're so busy and we just think that that's the way it has to be. You know, Oh, I can't really offload some of this to a virtual assistant. They're not going to know how to do it as well as I can do it. So we put up these walls and in doing so we actually become really uncreative. So I would first and foremost, ask yourself and get really clear. And again, just pull out a piece of paper. Like I'm a huge fan of just grabbing some loose leaf and like, ask, putting a question across the top and writing out what's really showing up. So what's not working for me right now? So maybe you're someone that is not maintaining boundaries in terms of your work hours. Maybe you're not collaborating with the right people. Maybe, you know, there's issues in terms of the clients that you're taking on and that you're over giving and you're doing what we call in marketing a scope creep. And you're again, just like giving yourself to these clients without receiving what you need in return. Maybe you're even lacking clarity in terms of what those boundaries are. So I think first and foremost, and this is something I always believe is so important is to really, really get clear around what's not serving you and what's not in alignment. And then again, if you've written this on a piece of paper, what I would do is I'd flip that piece of paper over and actually write down, okay, what are all of my creative solutions here? So if you're burnt out right now, could it be, could a creative solution be hiring a virtual assistant? Could it be saying no to another project that's about to come through that you just don't have time for? Could it be actually raising your rates and raising your prices so that you can work less and do, you know, maybe higher caliber work with a smaller number of clients, or, you know, maybe you just need to raise your prices in general, right? But there's all kinds of ways in which we can get creative. There's so many different ways in which you can bring on support. There's so many beautiful resources out there today from books, to uh, mentors, to coaches, to community support groups, to groups on Facebook. And again, I think sometimes we just have to really look at how uncreative we've become, right? And where are we putting up resistance when we could actually be receiving help? Right. No, I love that. And speaking of resources, it was one of my later questions at the end, but what books and podcasts and resources do you find really helpful or even in the past like year that you've found yourself going back to? That's a really great, great question because I'm a huge self-help book reader. I pretty much don't like read anything that's, (laughs) I should should get a good storybook or a good story going, but 
read a lot of personal development, self-help books. Um, but it's interesting because I feel like over the last year, I haven't been as drawn to books and resources and rather I've been spending a lot of time going within and sort of discovering my own answers through meditation or stillness or time outside in nature. And I think a lot of that has to do with just the nature of technology and where we're at in the world today. It's all very, very stimulating. So I find those moments of quiet or in those moments of quiet, that's when my next steps or my next sort of right actions to take end up presenting themselves. But with that being said, so first of all, we can find a lot of answers within, which I think we're not always tapped into, but can be really powerful. And then on top of that, I'm again, sort of a huge fan of personal development and metaphysical books, such as books by Wayne Dyer. Um, I love Gabby Bernstein. If anyone knows me, they know I just love Gabby Bernstein and her work. And she's got this really great podcast. So I find her to be really supportive. Um, I also used to listen to the Marie Forleo podcast. I don't listen as much anymore, but that can be something that's really supportive in the arena of um, business and marketing. So so yeah, I don't know if there's actually one more thing I will mention is, um, have you heard of the book in the company of women? No. Okay. So it's this like beautiful hardcover book that I got several years ago in the company of women. And it basically profiles over a hundred women entrepreneurs, um, and their stories and their challenges oh. and how they overcame them. And there's like gorgeous photography and imagery. It's super well-designed. So that's something that I actually like to look at from time to time, just for inspiration and to pull wisdom from other women in the entrepreneurial and creative spaces. Oh, that's great to know. I'll have to definitely look that up. Yeah, it's a good one. And as we kind of wrap up, what are your like top one or two favorite prompts from your journal that you find yourself going back to for your own business and for your own evolution of your life? Oh, that's such a good question. I feel like I should grab the journal, but I don't have it with me right now. It's, it's upstairs. But um, the one question, and this is sort of along the same lines of what we've been talking about today, but one of the questions I love that's very early on in the beginning is what do you need your business to give you? And I find this question really powerful because again, I think that I, the way that I perceive it, at least is that we're in a relationship with our businesses and it can't just be me give, give, giving and not receiving. So I love that question. What do you need your business to give you? And then the very last question of the book, not to spoil the surprise, but I'm going to share it because it's such a powerful question. Hope I can remember it perfectly off the top of my head, but it goes something like, um, like it, if success was guaranteed, what would you try right now? And I think that's a question that, again, we can ask at any level or any stage in our business. It's like, what would you actually do right now if you knew you were going to be successful at it? And so I love getting into that mindset and that space of unlimited possibilities and then seeing what shows up there. I love that. Those are both great questions. And hopefully people, if they're driving or walking or whatever they're doing, listening to this can then meditate on those as we close out this podcast. Cause I think that's a great spot to leave it with those open ended questions for people. Um, and so where can people find this journal? Where can they connect with you, learn more about your business, all of the things. 
All of the things. Amazing. So Bedside Business Plan is currently, as of today, the day we're recording this podcast, it's officially available for pre-order at bedsidebusinessplan.com. And when people pre-order the journal, I've also created and I'm hosting a live virtual experience in January called the Entrepreneur Experience, where I'm going to be doing live teaching, live Q&A, the whole nine yards. So that's also something that people can register for when they pre-order the book. And And um, of course, on Instagram at Bedside Business Plan. And then also um, my business account is at all of her business. Sometimes I've got to say it slow. (laughs) People are like, all of her business. And I'm like, no, all of her. Yeah. So all of her business. Yeah. That's my Instagram. Um, I find Instagram's the the place where I'm most active and communicating, connecting with people. So those would be the best places to find me. Perfect. And how long does the pre-order go for? The pre-order. So it's going to go until, until end of December, early January. So we're currently waiting for our initial shipment of books to arrive. They're on their way, which we're tracking them. But again, it can be a little bit um, variable with shipping these days. So yeah, we'll run the pre-order until end of November, early January. And then end of January will be the entrepreneur experience. Amazing. I just wanted to put that in there for people if so they can tell when they're listening to this, if it's still available for pre-order. So definitely lots of time, especially now if you're listening to it at the beginning of November. So amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on here and sharing all your wisdom as always. Thank you so much for having me. It's always such a treat. And I feel like we always have good laughs, good conversations, good, good nuggets of wisdom. So such a pleasure.